Devlin Robinson is Senator-elect from the 37th District in Western Pennsylvania. After serving in three tours of combat in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, Devlin came home to start a business and then run for public office. After serving in the United States Marine Corps, he's now going to be serving uh, the people of the 37th Senatorial District. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, President and CEO of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. And today I am talking with Senator-elect Devlin Robinson. Uh, he is out in the, the western part of Pennsylvania in the, the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Uh, Devlin, welcome to Brews and Views. Thanks for having me, Matt. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, and uh, we've known one another for, for a bit of time here. And certainly uh, through this campaign, cheering you on as you took on an incumbent uh, Democratic senator. And um, I want to give our listeners a little bit of context to where your uh, Senate district is. Uh, But before we do that, um, let's learn a little bit more about you, Devlin, as a person and where you grew up and uh, certainly your your military experience and and time of service, which we thank you for. Um, But uh, tell us about growing up as young Devlin Robinson in a, a Pittsburgh neighborhood of Brookline. That's right. I came from Brookline, which is in the uh, South Hills of the actual city of Pittsburgh proper. And um, I grew up there. My father was a uh, parole agent and he rose to the ranks of director for the state of Pennsylvania. And my mother was a uh, manager of a local restaurant. And education was a big thing for them. So they sent us to uh, private Catholic schools in the city of Pittsburgh. And I graduated from uh, Central Catholic High School in June of 2001. And I could not wait to join the Marine Corps. So I I enlisted. Actually, I took the oath of office in uh, July of 2001. And I was I had a nice job as a as a lifeguard at a local county swimming pool. And um, so I said to my recruiter, you know, hey, I'm ready to go right now, but I'd like to finish out this summer. Obviously, the recruiter understood. So he gave me the ship out date of uh, October 15th, 2001. So I was home to see the events of September 11th. And that was the day that I uh, changed my contract to infantry. Well, Devlin, before we talk about just your your military experience and your tours of uh, of duty, um, what what inspired you, uh, I guess, to to join the military? Was that in your family? Um, and obviously, all of this is is before nine eleven, when we certainly saw people uh, being willing to to sign up and go fight for our country. Uh, but what was it that uh, caused uh, you know what was that spark in in your life that uh, made you want to be in the military? It's kind of a funny story, but uh, my grandfather, uh, he was a Marine in Guadalcanal in World War II, and he died when I was very young. He died when I was six years old. But the one thing that I always remembered about him was he would be working out in the garden uh, with his shirt off. And back then, he was the only guy that ever had a tattoo. 
and it was a Marine Corps tattoo on his left upper arm. And, uh, and I just remember that that was the coolest thing that I had ever seen. And that kind of is, is the spark that got me interested in the military. And I started researching my family's experience in the military and it went all the way back to my great, great grandfather in World War One. And he joined the army and my grandfather was the first Marine. And then my father was a Marine and I have a brother in the Marines now and four cousins. So there was eight of us in the Marines. But I come from a long line of uh, military veterans, people that were willing to, to serve their country in World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Well, uh, was your family political? Uh, you know, we'll get to sort of what uh, caused you to decide to run for public office mm -hmm. uh, uh, and and talk about your your business experience, of course, coming home um, after your, your tours of duty. Uh, but was, was your family political or, what, what, you know, when did politics enter into your uh, bloodstream and, and uh, what ultimately led you to, to run for public office? My family, uh, they were not political. They were really old school. They, you know, they taught you that uh, you did not speak about uh, religion and politics at the dinner table. Um, you know, whatever their views were, were, were typically, you know, their own private views. And uh, they didn't tend to impress politics on us. And I grew up fairly conservative, um, you know, interested in, in uh, presidential elections throughout the 80s and 90s. And, um, and that's where, you know, I, I began to form my own political identity. Let's go back to your story uh, uh, that uh, you, you graduate high school, decide to join uh, the Marine Corps, and of course, 9/11 happens, and then you're shipped off to boot camp. Um, talk about uh, uh, what what ended up happening and and the different um, theaters into which you were deployed. Well, like I said, I, I left in October of 2001 down to Paris Island, which is uh, you know the esteemed, legendary um, recruit training center in South Carolina. And uh, the only thing that was welcoming me there were the drone instructors and sand fleas and mosquitoes. That was 13 weeks of, of pretty intense training. And after upon graduation, I uh, checked into the School of Infantry. And uh, that was about six weeks. And almost immediately uh, after being assigned to my unit, 2nd Battalion, 8th Marine Regiment, and 2nd Marine Division on Camp Lejeune, um, I actually deployed to Spain about two weeks after I was assigned to that unit. And there we were able to train with the Spanish Legionnaires, and uh, I spent about a month out there learning infantry tactics, and it was a, a NATO operation. So um, after that, you know, came home, had a, had a really fantastic summer, lots of training, went all over the country to train, even went to Mountain Warfare Training Center out in Northern California, and the, the drums were beating um, over in the Middle East. And uh, we didn't have plans to go anywhere. We actually, our deployment plans were to go to uh, Okinawa in the summer of 2003. But um, I went, came home on Christmas leave and got a phone call one day saying that I, my Christmas leave was being cut short and they needed me back down in Camp Lejeune. 
couldn't tell me where we were going, but we, we knew we had an idea by what was going on in the news. And um, we were driven up to Norfolk, Virginia, and I set sail for uh, the Persian Gulf. And turns out that we were being linked up with 1st Marine Division uh, that was being led by uh, a general named General Jim Mattis. And uh, we waited in the Kuwaiti Desert for about five weeks of training, getting ready for what lay ahead. And uh, on the evening of March 19th, we crossed into Iraq. We, we were assigned a, uh, a city that we were supposed to secure on the, uh, on the Euphrates River. It was one of the most, most southern populated cities in, in Iraq. Supposed to be predominantly Shiite, which were you know, the, uh, the group of people that were not represented by the Ba'athist Party. So it was supposed to be an easy mission, and you know, we were supposed to secure two bridges so that the rest of the invasionary column can, can have an easier path to Baghdad. And, you know, what's the saying that uh, best laid plans always go awry? Mm-hmm. And the evening of uh, March 23rd, uh, everything seemed to go wrong all at once. Uh, and the Army mechanized uh, convoy had been attacked. Uh, there was numerous dead and numerous uh, prisoners of war taken by the Iraqi forces. And there was also a, uh, a the Marine column that was looking to take the North Bridge ended up being attacked and and uh, the whole column was stopped in the middle of the city. So we ended up having to fight throughout the city to secure those two bridges. And then we woke up the next day, March 24th, with a new mission, and that was to rescue the Army POWs. Well, so this was your first uh, uh, combat tour, and I know you had uh, two additional, um, and, and at least one in, what, Afghanistan? Um, yep. That uh, over the, this span of time... Um, it, it, during your time doing, uh, you know, in combat, Devlin, did you say, um, uh, you know what, uh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea because I'm, I'm sure there were parts, you know, one being in Iraq, uh, and, um, just, uh, in combat, of course, I, having never been there, Devlin, I guess I'm kind of trying to get a sense of, of what goes through someone's mind when, you know, it looks great. Hey, I want to join the military. Uh, but then, my goodness, it's got to be horrible. Yeah, uh, I remember being trucked into to the Battle of Nazaria, and you know, the, the army convoy had already been rescued, and, and I had seen the casualties kind of you know being shipped out to the rear to the hospital. And as we were going up the highway, the city was on fire. Uh, the uh, Fedayeen forces, which were you know, the, the Iraqi version of special forces uh, had lit all the oil wells surrounding the city and so that we couldn't, um, we couldn't call in for air support. So as I was, you know, being trucked in, uh, artillery was, was lighting up the city and, and there were Iraqi tanks guarding the city and, you know, Marine uh, Cobra gunships went ahead of us and, and, destroyed the tanks and eliminated that threat for us. And, and we were still, you know, trucking through all that, all that carnage. 
and I, you know, your, your pulse is racing, your, your mind is racing and, but there's nothing really for you to do because you're not exactly in the fight yet. You're being shipped into the fight. And I just remember sitting there and saying to myself, well, <laughs> this is, this is what you signed up for. Here you go. This is what you wanted. And, uh, and I just remember sitting there saying, you know, I was, I was a 19 year old kid, didn't really know anything about the world. This was what, only the second or third time that I had been outside the country and the, the United States. And, um, I just remember sitting there saying to myself, you know what, you better pray now because in a couple minutes, you're not going to have time anymore. So, mm. so that's mm. what I did. Well, thankfully, uh, you made it home. Uh, I know you uh, received an honorable discharge and and uh, headed back to Pittsburgh um, and uh, started your own business. Uh, talk about that. Uh, I guess you know, uh, as well as getting an education, uh, you you got a business degree from Robert Morris and an MBA from from Pitt. Um, it, uh, it it seems that uh, you came home with lots of experience that probably a lot of your classmates. Uh, um, at Robert Morrison at Pitt, uh, hadn't experienced, uh, um, talk about coming home after all of that Devlin and, and your decision to get into business and, and pursue, a, a, a you know, business education. Well, after, after the tour in 2003, I went to Afghanistan in 04, and then I went to Fallujah in 05 and I had three weeks to check out of the Marine Corps from Fallujah. So I, I literally got on a plane um, got back to Camp Lejeune, got a, a folder of paperwork I was supposed to go through. Now, the Marine Corps mandates that you're supposed to have just about four months. I had three weeks to check out. So I remember my company commander from Fallujah, he came to me and he said, you know, well, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And I said, well, you know, going to move back to Pittsburgh. Where are you going to live? Uh, my parents' house said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, you know, I'll go to college in, uh, in January. And he just looked at me. He's like, you did th these three tours and you're going to move back to your parents' house. And I said, what am I supposed to do? I, I haven't even been to Pittsburgh yet. I haven't even, you know, come back and, and looked, been able to look for a place. I, I've, I've only been given these three weeks to check out of the Marine Corps. So that's what I did. Um, you know, moved into my back to the, the same room that uh, that I left, you know, four years before. And as you can imagine, that was not a good situation. Um, you know, you had done three tours, and um, you, you couldn't you couldn't go back and, and live, you know, in your parents' house. So my focus became, you know, finding a job and and uh, you know finding my own apartment and starting to to live on my own. So. Being that, you know, the experience from the Marine Corps, it, it teaches you a lot of what I call intangible skills, it teaches you leadership and decision making and ingenuity. But, you know, try to put that on a resume when you're 22 years old. So <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was difficult to, to find a good paying job. So I did, you know, a, a lot of different good paying jobs um, or mediocre paying jobs, I should say. Uh, so one of those jobs, um, it was kind of funny how things work. I was uh, delivering, uh, picking up and delivering uh, all the alcohol to uh, a chain of local restaurants in the area. 
<clears throat> and one of uh, the regulars, he had owned a, uh, a medical supply company where he leased large pieces of medical equipment throughout uh, Western Pennsylvania and Western New York, PET scans and CT scans and the like. So he gave me a job driving those pieces of medical equipment uh, up through Western New York. While I was up there, a rep for a laser company approached me and said, you know, talk to your boss about starting this uh, company, you know, implementing a laser route uh, within his company. I approached him about it. He said, no, thanks. And I told the rep, he said, no, thanks. And, and the rep said, well, why don't you do it? <laughs> I said, <laughs> you know, I'm, at the time now, I was 23. I said, I don't know anything about it. I said, well, we'll help you, you know, we'll uh, give you some contacts and, and things to call and, and let you run wild with it. And, um, you know, I had done my due diligence. I had talked to a lot of uh, physicians about it. They uh, were excited about the technology. And, and so I, I jumped in with both feet and uh, really never looked back. It grew so that I was able to, to lease this equipment throughout Western New York. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, down through Western Pennsylvania and the Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I was able to use it, use that experience to get into uh, the Robert Morris and study business and, um, and then get into uh, the University of Pittsburgh Cat School of Business and, and earn an MBA. So that it was, a, was a very good decision. So, Devlin, uh, at this time, are are you starting to pay closer attention to politics? Uh, uh, where does uh, kind of uh, the the political bug get you in all of this? Uh, to you know, and let's we'll we'll get up to w when you decide to uh, throw your hat into the ring for public office. Well, the political bug started biting whenever I went over to Iraq. I, I say that you know, the, uh, politics kind of thrust itself on me. And I would come home from Iraq and, you know, fighting a, a polarizing war. And uh, a lot of people would ask, you know, what was going on over there? Is it true what we hear in the media? What, what's actually happening? And um, so that's really what's, what kind of jump-started my, my political uh, theory. And um, then whenever, you know, I got out and I started a business and I'm filing my tax returns, I noticed, you know, I had to file two, one with the uh, federal government, one with the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, my accountant said, you know, that that uh, the tax going to the state of Pennsylvania, that's that's uh, automatic. You know, they don't uh, let you claim losses. And uh, I said, wow, that's really, really strange. So I'm investing in uh, the, the state and the region and, you know, they're kind of not investing in me so that I can I can grow. But, you know, I kept my head down, kept working. And really what started, uh, what got me involved in politics were, were when I, just about 2009, 2010, uh, a lot of my friends that I had served those three tours with started succumbing to, uh, you know, the invisible wounds of those wars. And um, I was dealing with a lot of, uh, a lot of suicides a lot of drug overdoses, a lot of, uh, you know, death by car accident. And 
they all had, you know, the same thing in common. They were trying to get their benefits and trying to be seen at the VA. And um, so one of my, my good friends, when, when he had uh, committed suicide, I, it, it, really, uh, it really hit me pretty hard. And I just, I remember saying, like, you know, I, I can't, I can't just ignore this anymore. I can't just keep, uh, you know, worrying about myself. And I said, you know, if I have the capacity to help somebody, then I have the responsibility to do so. And um, that led me to uh, a camp that was run by a major general named Tom Jones. Uh, he had started the Semper Fi Odyssey up in the Laurel Highlands of Pennsylvania. And he was bringing these uh, transitioning veterans who were getting out. And these guys, you know, because the war had changed to uh, an IED war, uh, these guys were missing limbs. They had severe traumatic brain injuries, severe post-traumatic stress disorder. And they were being dumped out of the, the service, you know, because the way that the government works, you know, you sign that contract like myself i signed from october 15th to october 14th uh you know four years apart and uh, on october you know i got out october 14th and october 15th was i was no longer part of the department of defense and um you know it's it was kind of up to me to figure out how to get my um, veterans benefits and that's what a lot of these guys were, you know, that's where we lose a lot of these veterans was in that period whenever they first get out and they don't know that they're supposed to, you know, register with the Department of Veterans Affairs. And I don't know if you know this, but, you know, the federal government, uh, the largest uh, department in the federal government is the Department of Defense. And the second largest is actually the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, so, you know, there, there are benefits out there for a lot of these veterans and they just don't know where to look. So, you know, I decided that that, that would kind of be my new mission. I would help uh, General Jones by going out and introducing him to some local politicians, showing them, you know, the great things that are happening up there in the Laurel Islands. And, um, and that's what led me to uh, a lot of the local politicians, uh, congressmen, state senators, state reps, um, you know, when I would bring them up to the mountain, they, they saw what was actually going on there and how great of a mission it was. So, so, so let's fast forward to uh, Senate District 37, uh, which is your uh, going to be when you are officially sworn in in the new year. Uh, you will be the uh, state senator from Senate District 37, which is probably uh, I don't know this. I'm just I'm trying to think if they're is uh, another Senate district that is more swingy uh, in, in the state. I don't think there is. And what I mean by that is that uh, it's been held by a Democrat and then a Republican, then a Democrat, and then a Republican. I mean, uh, it's got to be probably one of the swingiest districts in, in Pennsylvania. Am I uh, correct on that? Yeah, it, it would have to be. Um, you know, in the past 10 years, it's actually had five different senators. And mm -hmm. it went, you know, Republican to Democrat to Republican to Democrat. Now myself is the uh, a Republican. So, 
And and tell tell our listeners kind of give them uh, some some landmarks uh, that if they are are not uh, really from the Pittsburgh area that they kind of know where your Senate district uh, resides. Well, if you've ever flown into the Pittsburgh International Airport, that would be my district. Uh, if you've ever driven uh, through the the South Hills of Pittsburgh, that would uh, be my district. This is where George Washington had come before the French and Indian War. This is uh, where the, the uh, Whiskey Rebellion uh, started. This is where, you know, a lot of history has is, is happened here, a lot of American history. Uh, Lewis and Clark had set off on their journey uh, westward from out this way. Um, there's, there's, you know, it's, it's been the... Uh, it's been the lifeblood of, of the country for, for hundreds of years. This is where, uh, you know, a lot of coal had been mined uh, to keep the steel industry going. And uh, this is where a lot of, um, you know, natural gas is, is under the ground as well. We have a lot of businesses here. We have a lot of restaurants. The food scene is amazing. And uh, so, you know, the South Hills and the, and the West Hills of uh, Allegheny County is my district. Well, so Devlin, um, what are the going to be the issues that uh, you uh, intend to really sink your teeth into uh, as you uh, assume your your new post uh, as Senate uh, uh, Senator from the thirty seventh district? Well, you know, right now uh, this the the pandemic relief is is really the you know on the forefront. Um, as we're coming back to a second wave of uh, positive cases, um, you know, a lot of businesses are hurting. A lot of businesses haven't recovered from uh, from the first wave. So uh, Pennsylvania is, uh, has a $5 billion budget shortfall from last year. So those are the types of things that, um, that we're really going to need to sink our teeth into. Um, you know, it's going to have to be uh, a bipartisan recovery plan. It's going to have to, you know, have the people who are who are most affected, uh, you know, represented, which are small business owners like myself. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's one of the the reasons, uh, big reasons that uh, we were uh, gladly to to uh, invest and and help you with your campaign is that uh, we like to say we we like uh, folks who have. Um, not just sign the back of a paycheck, but sign the front of paychecks that understand uh, what it's like to try to run a business from uh, the taxation that we see, you know, front and center. But I think the regulation, uh, which is a real damper in many ways, uh, of course, not suggesting that we don't need regulation, but there can be onerous uh, and excessive regulation that hinder people's ability uh, to create and, and and grow jobs and businesses. Uh, so we're really excited that, that you have that experience that you'll you'll bring to Harrisburg with you, uh, as well as uh, understanding and knowing that uh, uh, your experience of, of educational opportunity, uh, having attended Catholic schools, and we know there's a lot of kids that um, don't get that opportunity. We have a huge demand uh, for educational opportunity um, and we need to expand those those choice options uh, for kids all across uh, Pennsylvania and certainly uh, right in your area there in the in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, so I know we're looking forward mm-hmm. to your arrival in Harrisburg and uh, seeing you do some great things and 
want to, you know, thank you for your service uh, in the military uh, and uh, going forward, your service as a public official. Um, sometimes you, you'll, I'm, I'm sure you'll have the same feeling, Devlin. It won't be a life or death feeling, but sometimes uh, as an elected official, you'll probably want, what did I get myself into? <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of those moments on the campaign trail. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure. Well, Devlin, uh, any closing thoughts or, or things you'd like to, to conclude our conversation with? No, I, I really appreciate you having me on. You know, I, I just, you know, I just want everyone to know that I'm really excited to uh, serve the, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, just like I, I serve the, uh, the United States. And uh, I want to be an accessible and, and reasonable and, uh, you know, down to earth senator that uh, that you know really uh, is going to represent the, his district, the district that uh, the voters that sent me to Harrisburg. They're the ones that that I have to answer to at the end of the day. Yep, you've got the new employers, uh, Devlin, and I wish you all the best and uh, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. And we will see you in Harrisburg. Uh, in 2021. Thank you. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E.